0: Odyssey celebrates Father's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three.
1: You bitch. Music. You said my word even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on tune in go to TuneIn.com or download the tune in app to start listening
0: he is the man the myth the living legend he's ty richardson co-host of the morning rush 6 to 9 a.m monday through friday program director also at espn arkansas um he's on x at ty sports radio ty what's the word brother how are you
1: Man, I am good, fellas. It is a big week for college football. We got Dion taking on the Heisman trophy winner. Arkansas's playing in Dallas. I know uh and M hate week. week. Yeah, I hate the Aggies. Y'all know how much I hate the Aggies. So this is a it's a big week. College football we got ahead in week five, guys.
0: So I saw your your great tweet earlier. You said uh, uh some Aggie science students wanted to take a trip to the Sun. Arkansas students replied it was impossible and they would burn up along the way before they reached the Sun and the Aggies said we're going to travel at night. So you you are in you full me, form. Man. You're in full form right yeah. now.
1: Yeah. I uh when it comes to knocking at the Aggies' fans a little bit, got to take advantage of it and Arkansas since they, you know, won one game since they joined the SEC, it's not exactly I have a lot I've had a lot to be boisterous or cocky about, but this is a week I look forward to every single year, and unfortunately, it's disappointed me time, to time. and time Similar to me when I'm trying to close at the bar. It's just a, a lot of disappointments rather than <laughs> victories. <laughs> I
0: get you. Now, last week, though, like how do Arkansas fans feel about it? Like I know defense didn't quite hold up. We had LSU win late, but Arkansas stuck in there. It was a 17 and a half point line in Baton Rouge, and they, I mean, KJ showed up, offense showed up, but defense obviously. Lag behind to a certain extent, but how are Arkansas fans feeling? Like, is it is it is it pure anger because of that loss, or or is there some sort of uh, I, I don't want to do a moral victory thing, but is there a, a, a level of it that that Arkansas fans are taking it as okay? This team can compete against most everybody in the country.
1: I think there's a level of it. I mean, the the team guys hung thirty one on LSU, and for the most part, wasn't stopped. They had a few red zones cues, but outside of that, they marched the ball up and down the field and did it both running and passing. you got to give Danny Eno's credit. He had a great game plan against Matt House and Baton Rouge, and we know all how difficult that was to play. I will say this for the LSU fans listening, as excited I was for that atmosphere, they just don't care about Arkansas. I mean, they don't at all. And yeah. I, I don't know if it's equivalent to like Ole Miss and Memphis – Gabe and Connor, but it kind of the atmosphere itself. As excited I was, it underwhelmed me a little bit, to be quite honest. I, it was not as loud as I initially thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah. So, what's the hope for the rest of the season for the Hogs? What, what are the expectations, sort of looking forward?
1: I mean, this team can get to a bowl game. They just have to have the ball bounce the right way, and it hasn't in these last two games. They've been close. I mean, BYU they should have won. LSU, they had a chance to beat what I still think is going to be the team that wins the SEC West with Jayden Daniels as a quarterback. But they had a, a crucial turnover right after an interception they forced. KJ threw it right back. They had red zone miscues, penalties, and uh, clock management uh, for Sam Pittman. So, I mean, they have talent, will, and guts. You just can't make mental mistakes when you're deficient in other areas when teams like LSU, Bama and even Ole Miss might be able to out talent you at some points.
0: Yeah, and most of the time when you have a, a starting quarterback, Texas A&M, Connor Weigman's going to be out for the year, basically. Uh, most of the time you'd have a reprieve when a guy like that five-star guy, 900 yards through three-and-a-half games, eight TDs, two INTs, you'd think you'd have a reprieve. But Max Johnson's pretty damn good as well. Like I don't know if A&M's going to have a substantial fall-off dealing with Max Johnson. We see, we've seen what he's capable of even in the league. With LSU, 27 TDs, 6 INTs. Granted, that team wasn't any good. The defense wasn't any good. But he is a good ball player.
1: Yeah, I'm always scared of lefty quarterback. Tuatunga to Baloa being the most notable as of late. You about Johnson? Like you said, he's got 20-plus starts in this, this conference, in the SEC. So it's not like you're just getting some backup schmuck, as you referred to. It's right. a guy that has a lot of experience. He's the son of Brad Johnson. so That's just quarterback lineage is just ingrained within his DNA. Arkansas is in for a dogfight on Saturday, as they often are with the Aggies. If I see a field goal karoom off the uprights like I did last year, I'm going to jump out of Jerry's box. And uh, you'll have to find a new Wednesday uh, guest to to take my, to take up the time that I've been these last few Wednesdays during college football season, Gabe.
0: Yeah, I hope I hope that's not the case, Ty. I hope that's Me not too, the case. Me too, man. Me yeah. too. Yeah, talking with Ty Richardson at Ty Sports Radio on X. Also in the SEC last week, I do want to – uh, revisit this. Alabama got over top of Ole Miss. It wasn't even that close. At first half, you thought Ole Miss could stick in there, um, but then you, you saw Alabama impose their will, and uh, for the most part, I, I, I had believed in Jackson Dart and that offense, but that run game needs to come along, or that Ole Miss team is not going to reach the potential they have under Lane Kiffin this year. Do
1: you see what Judkins said this week?
0: What do you have to I, say? I
1: about, he just said, he's talking about, and I'm paraphrasing on right. the comments, but Everyone has to do their job, blah, blah, blah. I think, he's, I think there's a little rift between him and the offensive line right now. Yeah. And he's been injured this season, so he's trying to deal with that. I think that he might be dealing with something more than Lane Kiffin and company are letting on. So I I was very surprised, one, that he wasn't putting up mind-blowing stats in year two. I guess there's just more tape on him as a true sophomore. And two, like you said, Dart just fell off the face of the earth. This was a kid that might have been compared to Jay that's playing a best of any quarterback in the league and then just a no-show in the Bama game and I, I realized it was in Tuscaloosa but Lane Kiffin just hadn't cracked the code he's like that locksmith that keeps trying to break it, like a, a friend's lock and he just for whatever reason he tries it was his, that was his fourth time yeah at, at least at Ole Miss can't crack and he's been in other places too and been able to figure it out
0: yeah no doubt no doubt about it I I I'm one thing that's like a, a storyline that I've been trying to follow all year with that run game is, yeah, I think you've had, like, some sophomore slumps. Uh, Jaden Williams no longer starting at left tackle. You have Micah Pettis at right tackle. He's had a really tough year after his redshirt freshman year. But Chad Kelly, former Ole Miss quarterback, did sort of remind us in the off season, and people sort of didn't, didn't really pay attention to it at the moment, but his brother Casey Kelly, who's now at Oregon, I feel like him as an inline blocker last year, that was big. That was a lot bigger than people made it for, for that run game and, and what they were able to accomplish last year. And they don't have that presence this year. You have Michael Trigg, who's basically off the team now. Caden Priestcorn's been hurt. Kyron Heath's not necessarily a blocking tight end. Casey Kelly is missed a lot more than we thought he would be, and I never thought I'd say that this year.
1: You know, I didn't know Chad Kelly had a brother, and you just enlightened me on that fact, to be honest. How about that? uh, How about that? that? Again, somehow Chad Kelly goes to Tuscaloosa and wins, but he can't win in Fayetteville. It's it's the biggest oxymoron in the world that a quarterback role miss can beat Alabama and then trot into Fayetteville and for whatever reason can't get it done. I don't understand it. Uh, Arkansas... When Ole Miss would beat Alabama, they'd lose to Arkansas the same year. Just that's the SEC, I guess, in a nutshell at this point. But yeah, Ole Miss. They, I mean, what happened last year is they had such an easy schedule to start, and then they just got trucked down the stretch, including by Arkansas. I don't know what Kiffin's thinking heading into this matchup in the Magnolia Bowl, but it's going to be a fun one, and people are just assuming LSU's going to dog stomp these guys. I think Ole Miss could bounce back this week, to be honest, Gabe.
0: Yeah, at home. I, I, I like their chance, but they need to, man. One thing I have noticed throughout the years, I have been appreciative, and I think that Lane has done a good job at Ole Miss. Would you agree with that sentiment?
1: Oh, yeah, no uh, question. But, he won the double-digit games, first right. time ever in Ole Miss history.
0: But here's, here's the one sort of drawback to that thought. Has Lane in your opinion your estimation has he had a marquee win like is there a win you look back at and you say damn lane kiffin got over top when no one thought he could and that was the biggest win in the lane kiffin era do you have a game in particular that you can look back uh, look back at well, since lane kiffin has been at Ole miss and, and and say that about is there a game i don't think there is well that'd be
1: they hadn't beaten Bama. I guess you could say on the road at Knoxville, even though Heupel didn't have those guys right two years ago. But um, the mustard game that's so what seven and five team. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, have they played? Like I'd say they, the
0: biggest think. win, believe it or not, was COVID year when they beat uh, what a number twelve ranked Indiana team in the Outback Bowl. Like that's 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 probably the highest. That's probably the the height of it. That's probably the win you look at, which is crazy to me. It's insane.
1: Yeah, I think, again, for, for Lane Kiffin, he's got to find a way to be crack the Alabama code. Hugh Freeze did it twice, should have done it three times, if not for an heroic comeback from Jalen Hurts and that squad. I mean, they, they Nick Staben almost lost three years in a row to Hugh Freeze, and I, that's why I think he's going to he's gonna figure that one out in Auburn, Alabama. But, I mean, that drives it, Kiffin. You know how much he wants to beat his right. former boss he just hasn't been able to do it. You can make, maybe the Arkansas game in Old Miss created the number 1 game of the year in 2021. Okay. I mean that was an incredible football game. I would say that might be you mentioned Probably. Indiana. I, I would say either of those at that point, but I mean Old Miss fans want Bama. They want to get to the SEC Championship for the first time ever. It's not going to happen this year. Probably won't happen next year when they add Oklahoma and Texas. So, I think they I mean there's truth to maxing out at certain places. I don't know if Kiffin's done that, but I also don't know if he, has what it takes to win those marquee games and get the Rebs to an SEC championship game as as the same for Sam Pivot. I'm, I'm right. like lumping him away from this, this discussion. I think that's a question
0: you've asked a lot about. It's not it's teams not teams easy teams. to do though. Like where no one's no yeah. one's yeah. I mean, it's just a very hard thing to do to get over Alabama and Georgia and LSU. It's just not. It's it's not something that everybody's out or built to do. And usually, we those guys have gotten. Uh, you know, especially Nick Saban, he's gotten more guys fired in the SEC than anybody else.
1: Oh no, question. You think what's crazy is Gus Malzahn did in the same year, right? I mean, right. he beats Alabama and beats Georgia, they go to the SEC championship. Georgia beats them, beats the brakes off of them in the rematch. And then Nick Saban still somehow finds a way to to get back to the championship game. They win and uh, beat Kirby for the first time ever with their meeting in the championship. Mm-hmm. So I, you got to give credit to certain guys that have had a knack. Gus Malzahn, I think, beat Nick Saban three times. Hugh Freeze has beat him twice. That, those won't be the only two wins for Hugh he, he, at Auburn now. Again, I think he figures it out. But it's not like at Jimbo's beaten once. It's not like there's an illustrious history of Kirby smarter Nick Saban losing. So when you do right. beat him. If you somehow beat them again, Gabe, it's pretty remarkable.
0: No question, no question. Now, uh, the rest of the country last week, we had Florida State and Clemson early. I, I will say, my former coach is when it. Yeah, he's a great coach. He's he's the best offensive mind I've ever been around. What he's done with Florida State is nothing short of a miracle, based on where he was the first two years and where that that program was before he took it over. But they are four and zero. They're number five in the country. They beat Clemson, and granted, Clemson you know, missed that field goal. But Mike Norvell has gotten lucky from field goal kickers. I I don't know if you remember the one at Memphis with the Tulsa kicker shanking one from very, very short. I believe it was under 30 yards, and that ultimately led that Memphis team into the Cotton Bowl parlay. He parlayed that Cotton Bowl season into a Florida State job. But that's beside the point at this moment. Clemson is 2-2. and Clemson is 2-2. and And I had them, you know – Pegged, in my opinion, I you know with Garrett Riley coming in as an OC, I figured okay, this team could be college football playoff worthy. They're not going to do that. There's it's it's gone now. So I think you're going to have to find motivation within yourself, pride on that roster. You're playing for bowl positioning, and that's not what Clemson's used to doing. They're used to be they they're used to playing themselves into the college football playoff. But what have you thought of Dabo's sort of messaging? The most recent comment he made on the two and two start, he said these guys, without a doubt are three plays away from being 4-0. That's a fact. And being top three or four in the country, that's how small the margin for error is when you're in championship-level football. And that was the end of the quote. My issue with Dabo is I feel as if he tries to insulate himself in the messaging does not include the fact that he has not adapted over the years. He doesn't have the same amount of talent at the wide receiver position. He doesn't have the same talent on the defensive line or on the defense as a whole. He doesn't have the same talent at the quarterback position, and that's because he has not really latched on to NIL and definitely has not latched on to the transfer portal. I think that he needs to take it upon himself to adapt, and this type of messaging does not lead me to believe that he will. No, and I was just
1: double checking because I thought I had this right, but I just wanted to confirm. Gave any idea how many players Clemson brought in in the last transfer portal cycle?
0: Very low number. I don't, I, I, I tell me. I don't know. I don't, I don't care to guess. One?
1: Gave one. Good God. And I just wanted to, again, double check. Unless 247 Sports has that wrong, and they had 12 outgoing transfers, and again, one transfer. Now just to put this in perspective, I think Bama had twenty two outgoing players and they brought in like six transfers, if <laughs> I remember that right. Right. Um, so again that's still Arkansas had like thirty eight new players, a combination of high school and transfer portal players. But that I mean that's the world of college football we live in. You don't have to like it. Fans don't necessarily like it, but you gotta adapt to it. And like you said, Sweeney has not adapted to it at all. It's killed Clemson. I mean you think about where we were with Clemson between Deshaun Watson and I know you had a little play. Brian got him the College Football Playoff, but that team wasn't gonna yes. win it. And then so Watson gets him the two championships. They win one. Then you Brian gets into the playoff. They get there, get smashed by Bama. Then Lawrence crushes the Crimson Tide. Yep. And then beats Ohio State one year, loses them to the next. I mean, those are those are quality Clemson teams. This team's not even in the same ballpark. They're no. distant cousins. And defensively, I mean, you've got players on that side, but offensively it's it's been weird to see Clubnick and last year DJU not even remotely close to some of those quarterbacks that just – even Taj Boyd. And they're the, five stars the too. Boarder.
0: It's not like they're, they they yeah. lack talent. It's just that I think there's not enough talent around them. The defense isn't the same. Like, like I, I, what really strikes me – is Cleland Farrell is not walking through that door. Dexter Lawrence isn't walking through that door. Christian Wilkins isn't walking through that door. Trenton Simpson isn't walking through that door. And they don't have the talent to replace that, and you could potentially get that from the transfer portal, and he doesn't do that. That's how the game works, though. You have to go get that talent from the transfer portal, or else somebody else in the country is going to do it, and they'll pass you up.
1: Yeah, I – I don't understand what he's doing, and there's certain aspects of our jobs that, Gabe, we don't necessarily like. Um, some entail right. social media, some entail uh, other things. But you and I, and and so many others, Brad, and everyone else on your station, have adapted to them because it's not just for our well-being; it's for our survival. Yes, and so for da- so for Davo's survival in the sport, you have to acquiesce to what's going on, and he refuses to do that, i.e. He's not going to wind up with just two losses this year. There will be one or two more probably. Got Miami, and, uh, Notre
0: Dame, South mm-hmm, Carolina exactly. to in the year. Like this could be a eight and four team.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and that's listen. That's a drop from grace considering where they were a couple years ago. Where, as I mentioned, Trevor Lawrence stormed on that field as a true freshman and annihilated Nick Saban, <laughs> right. the best defensive mind, the best coach of all time, and now Clemson is almost an afterthought in the college football playoff scheme.
0: Yeah, but then it's like if he's 8-4, and four, what is he going to say? Oh, there's six plays that defined our entire season. No, you can't say that. You can't. You had four yeah. losses. Your, your team wasn't as good. Your team's not good enough. You don't have enough you talent.
1: Can say,
0: you can say that about
1: 10-2 like stamen did last year with the Tennessee game, the LSU game, because legitimately those came down to two or three plays. And But the argument against that is, well, Bama had like, three other really tight ball games that they won. Right. So I mean Dabo's just gonna be sitting there. He'll have nothing. He'll be venomous, he'll be angry, and for, I mean for valid reasons, but that's one of those things you have to look at yourself. Coach, yep. the reason Saban is so revered in not just Alabama but across college football is because when he kept getting beaten by spread quarterbacks and teams,
0: Switch he adapted it
1: up. to that same system with Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian and Brian Dable and and, and all, O'Brien and all these guys that have intricate offensive minds like the ones he was facing on the other side, like Malzon like Freeze. He's like, all right, we can't win by just running the football and keeping it low scoring because the other team's going to score on us And Dabo, this is a different situation, but in the same token, it's still something that he needs to adapt to, or if not, he's going to continue to get left behind, and Clemson's going to be, again, a byproduct of this change in college football.
0: Yeah, and I think the most frustrating thing for Clemson fans is you have the ability to go do what these other guys are doing. You have the donor base. You have the NIL collective if you just want to tap into it. You have the transfer portal if you just want to tap into it. That's got to be the most frustrating part of it is it's there on the table for you. You're just refusing it. But enough of that. I want to bring up a guy who is absolutely – the adaptation of new college football, that would be Deion Sanders. Last week was expected, right? Like, I don't – if you watched that – remove the hype, remove everything else. Let's talk about the football team as a whole – Colorado, year one, that's a flawed team. Oregon's better. They're better in the trenches. You knew that they were going to expose them, especially at Autzen with all the hype around that Colorado team.
1: Yeah, I kind of expected that. 42-6. Uh, to six.
0: Maybe not just, that. And even but...
1: Colorado, <laughs> yeah, Colorado players were, I mean, they they showed their rear ends last week talking crap before the game. Even and it's like if you're going to do that, like I had no problem with anyone doing that. I'm sure you either trash talk or you face course. trash talk during the course of your college career. But you better back it up. And mm-hmm. if you don't, you're going to get un- like just obliterated on social media and other various platforms. And coaches love to use that as motiv- motivation. And that's what Dan Laney did pregame and during the game and after the game. Give credit, Oregon credit. They came through after um, a lot of buildup and lead up to this game last week that wasn't necessarily dedicated to the Ducks. It was dedicated to the Buffs. And we'll see for the first time this season, and really for the first time since Dion has been coaching in this level of college football. How do you respond after getting blown out? How does your team respond? Because it's not getting easy. I mean, Caleb Williams trotting into to Boulder with not vengeance necessarily, but with a a spectacle because he probably feels a little slighted that he hadn't got a lot of Heisman attention yet to this point. Yep. So this is a statement game for a guy that's trying to repeat as the Heisman Trophy winner, and you're trying to again. Not get uh, like just destroyed like you were last week the Colorado. Should be a marquee game, I would think. That's going to get ten plus million viewers.
0: I am uh, but on on a sidebar though from last week, I'm a big fan of Dan Landing. Obviously, he was the linebacker coach when I first got to well, when Norvell first got to the University of Memphis, and I was it was my junior year. Um, so I like him because of that he's also a Kansas City Kansas City guy, William Jewell's finest. But He is a guy who I think will have a tremendous amount of success going into the future because he latches on to everything that the new age of college football makes you latch on to. And he clearly has a relationship with the guys in that locker room that not a lot of coaches have. He knows what makes them tick. And last week in those pregame comments, I know that they've sort of come under scrutiny, but he knew exactly what to do to get his team motivated for that game. Is that the next Bama head coach? I that's see, either. this is a conversation coming up. I I, I think it's interesting. I think it, 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 the question becomes right. Like I've built up a lot at Oregon. I feel like I have a a good shot even when I get into the Big Ten. And do you want to be the guy after the guy with Nick Saban? Because that's going to be tough that's, for anybody.
1: That's the biggest pushback I've seen because it's a no brainer what job you take between Oregon and and Alabama. It's it's in Tuscaloosa, but the again the hard sell for any, for Greg Byrne, who's the athletics director there, is can you convince a talented, whether it's a younger coach, an older coach, whatever, and you got to follow Nick Staven and the expectations that go with that, because no coach wants to do that. Some coaches will. Some coaches will bite the bullet and just do it, but that's the toughest sell for Byrne, not the facilities, not the tradition, not the pageantry, not the players, but are you willing to take all the pressure that amounts with the Alabama head football coach job because of Nick Saban and what he has done since 2007.
0: Yeah, and I've spitballed, too, when it comes to, like, who who could take over. Lane Kiffin's always a name that comes up. I think it's uh, that might be a, a tougher sell for Bama fans at this point, seeing that Ole Miss has never he's gotten to the heights David. there. He's got to beat – he's got to get to the top of, of the SEC before you really have that conversation. Another name, like D'Amico Ryans, maybe? Former, former player and – um, certainly is a guy. Now, granted, he's in the NFL now with the Texans, just got his first win, but he's a guy who who certainly can relate to guys in the locker room. He's not that far removed from playing, and he is a very good defensive coach.
1: Yeah, and I, I saw C.K. Stroud put up some pretty good stats. It's damn good. Eight, four touchdowns, zero picks in his first three games for the Texans. I know that the record had been great, but, uh, I mean, at least the first-round quarter. I know Bryce Jones still with that ankle injury, but... Uh, it's one of the first-round quarterbacks you're hoping to see have success, and he had not looked bad. I, I, again, anyone that takes that job is destined to fail, not because <laughs> of their acumen, not because of the lack of fertile recruiting grounds that they'll be working in and around. It's just you don't want to follow a legend. I mean, I, yep. it's, it's not an area position that I want to be in at any point in life, or I don't know how you feel. Maybe you accept the challenge. I just don't know many people that are, while they think they're up for the challenge, until you actually enter that foothold in that position, you have no idea the amount of pressure that comes with that job.
0: Now, last thing for Ty Richardson at Ty Sports Radio on X from ESPN Arkansas, morning rush 6 to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. Do you have an opinion on Georgia through four games? Like, obviously it's just a very incomplete sort of resume they have, but they're going to Auburn this weekend. It always gets a little bit iffy there. I don't necessarily think Auburn has the talent to be able to take them down, but we did see this Georgia team, even at home against South Carolina, have their struggles.
1: Yeah, and then they took over in the second half. If Auburn even had the slightest bit of a quarterback, I might pick the Tigers in this one because Hugh Freeze is itching for that first marquee win as the head coach, but they don't. I mean, Thorne and Ashford are horrible. (laughs) Even combined, I don't think they would be that good of a quarterback. So, Georgia might sleepwalk through this one, but they'll win. And it's kind of like playing with your food, right? They're just gonna play with their food all season. They're they won't have a challenge until they step. Like, I don't think Kentucky's gonna give them a challenge. They won't have a challenge until they step foot in Knoxville. But even the
0: then, like Tennessee hasn't been has yeah. not impressed me.
1: No, you're 100%, and I know they've got a home game this weekend against South Carolina trying to get revenge for what happened last year, but they have the Vols haven't been successful either. So I don't even know if you can say that's going to be a challenge for Georgia. Beck is – I just want to see – and South Carolina was able to do it a little bit last week. They tested Beck, but the second half, he wasn't really tested. He just had the ball off every time. And yeah. Georgia just kept racking up rushing yards. And I'll, I want to see if Georgia gets down, like, let's say 14 points – 17 in it and the offense is still clicking on the other side does Beck have I know he's five-star I know he's got all the, the
0: So you have that dog the in stuff him. That you're
1: supposed to, yeah does, does he have <laughs> right. a little dog and when the when the chips are down and out can you still perform? And I'm not talking about Sanford Stadium. I'm talking about somewhere else. Yep, maybe they, maybe it's not until the SEC championship But we're gonna find out about this kid at some point to see if he's he's got that dog or not. I love that I love that reference game.
0: Yeah, for sure for sure. Well, Ty, I appreciate it, man. What you got going for the weekend?
1: Man, the plan is to be in Dallas tomorrow afternoon, got lunch with the aunt and uncle, then uh, Friday do a little golf, and then Saturday do the show from AT&T Stadium. I heard uh, you have a yeah pretty dynamic weekend ahead of <laughs> you, my man.
0: Yeah, I do, and a week following that. 5.30 huh. is going to be game time for me on Saturday. Let's just say that. Five thirty. Yes. And well, then and then and then Saint Lucia for that whole next week.
1: Oh, man, poor poor Gabe. Yeah, well, like like you did on the offensive line and probably Norvell and anyone else that's been your head coach or O line coach would attest to. When the moment shined the brightest, Gabe Coop came through and you're gonna do exactly that on Saturday at five thirty. Oh, I love it. I, I love it. Wait. I
0: okay. love it. Well Ty, have a good weekend. Appreciate it, brother.
1: You got it, man. Enjoy your wedding. Enjoy the vacation and uh, come back. I want you to be as, as energetic as ever in a week and a half because Lord knows you're not going to be hung over that trip, right?
0: No, not at all. No, Not not even remotely.
1: Okay. All right, buddy. <laughs>
0: all right, brother. That's Ty Richardson, co-host of the Morning Rush, 6 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday at ESPN Arkansas. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone.